today I'm talking to Omar. Omar is the accidental chef. He kind of became a chef uh, out of nowhere. Um, he has an interesting background uh, of Arabic descent, um, and uh, he told me a little bit about how it is to be uh, Arabic or from an Arabic family in the Czech Republic and how that all changed after 9-11. He went on that TV show, MasterChef, that is a big thing, you know, three judges and 16 contestants, and and that kind of, you know, kicked him into the public eye. And uh, he loves food, would love to do more with food, especially likes Japanese food. It's interesting he doesn't necessarily want to play on his family inheritance food culture, but yeah, looks to Japan, uh, but there are reasons for that. Uh, but le- lately, Omar has been fighting his demons, so until he feels comfortable, then he probably will focus more inwards than outwards. Interesting talk, Omar is a super nice guy, he's a bartender that has been responsible for a lot of my headaches over the years, and uh, yeah, cool guy, enjoy. Yeah, and a little bit about the the sponsors. Um, Firstly, the Oat Bar, Prague. Um, Oat meals, skier, healthy stuff, you know, organic and all that stuff. Everything is handmade, homemade. Um, You know, it's party at every bite. And uh, open uh, Monday to Thursday from 8.30 until 3 o'clock. And then on Fridays and Saturdays from 8.30 until 1.30. You can come and take away or you can order on Vault or Bolt and get it delivered home. Don't miss out. This is a great great place. And it has the highest rating in all of the city of Prague on these delivery services. 9.8 out of 10. Believe that. Uh, the other sponsor, Alfred Jobs, Alfred.cz or Alfred Jobs in the App Store. Uh, it's a web page and an app where you can find jobs. You can set up a job monitoring service so that you get notified whenever there's a cool job coming your way. So you don't need to spend hours every day looking for a job. You can basically sit back, chill, listen to my podcast, and wait for a job to drop into your inbox. Check it out, alpha.cz. Welcome, Omar Ben Hassan Lili. <laughs> hey man, did I get the get, did I get the name right? I I think so. I think so. Yeah, and this is not a very typical Czech name, but you're Czech. I'm Czech, born and raised here. My mom mm. is Czech, but that is not a Czech name. That would be a uh, Tunisian name, where mm. my dad is from. And uh, Omar is my uh, given name, right? Mm. Uh, ben Hassan means son of Hassan, which is my father, my dad, and. Um, and then Tlili is my surname. That's my family name. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, uh, the, the the Tlili name, which um, so many people have a problem with uh, with saying, is uh, weird even in Tunisia. I don't know that much about it, but if I may guess, it would be somewhere from the Niger or Mali region. Mm-hmm. It's a. I mean, it's T L I L I Tlili. Tlili. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, definitely not not of uh, Arabic descent. I would say more like mm. North African, Berb, you know, Berber kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So the reason, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're here because you're interesting. But <laughs> but I I I, uh, I know you in a way that you you made me drunk um, a lot of times uh, as a bartender. 
Yeah, I made a lot of drinks your way. Yeah, and uh, so, <coughs> um, yeah, you cost me a lot of hangovers, but um, <laughs> I kind of was looking for people to come and, and, and a mutual friend pointed at you and I mean um, I, and then I started looking and I was like oh okay that's that's interesting from from multiple different perspectives but you're you're a little bit of everything I mean you've been in gastro you've been in in bartending you've been in the movies um, what are you if you if somebody would ask you if somebody would ask me what am I I would say hey it's me Omar right uh, I'm the I'm the I'm the guy I'm that uh I'm not, I'm not trying to make uh, that of a big deal out of myself, but if I may say so, uh, like this name that I've been given as a persona mm. at this time, mm. one could say character, you know, mm. one of these Prague characters. Yeah. And I, I I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, you went on this MasterChef show here in the Czech Republic, and, and that, Correct. That, that kind of made you, in a way, famous overnight yeah, it was one of those like uh, 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 short time uh, being famous deals, you know. Fifteen seconds of kind of, kind of. I'm not, I'm not that valid anymore, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, um, but you, you still after that, you don't consider yourself a chef as such. Not really. More as a as a person interested in uh, eating. <laughs> mm. Aren't we all? Aren't we all exactly <laughs> consumers? Yeah, but. Uh, so, your background, I mean, obviously, with this name, this is not Pavel uh, Czerny, uh, like a typical <laughs> Czech name. Jana Novak. Yeah. Um, wh- where where did it all start? I mean, you are born here, but your family is... Uh, so, my dad is from Tunisia, mm. and my mom, she's uh, half Czech, half Algerian. Uh, her dad came here to study, I guess, in the 70s, 80s, I don't know. Mm. Uh, her dad came here to study, and he he impregnated uh, my grandma, and then he left. Bye bye. Uh huh. One of these deals. One hit wonder. Yeah, it kind of happened a lot back in the day, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so you never had any contact with with that side of the family, or or I actually did. Uh, two years ago, we went to France actually to meet some of them, some of my mom's sisters, you know, and mm-hmm. some uh, affiliated family. It was very nice, very yeah. nice. And then your father, he is he's he's not here from oh, here, right? He's not from here. He's from Tunisia, but he lives here. And uh, obviously, I go and visit visit the, my relatives there every now and then, you know, when I can. Mm. Also, always a very nice visit. They're very happy to see mm-hmm. you, people. <laughs> and and uh, these um, kind of like this background or this family inheritance, let's say. I mean. This is quite unusual here, you know, to to have, like, let's say you're three fourth, uh, not Czech, right? Yeah, seventy percent, seventy five percent African, baby. What's yeah, up? and uh, and uh, how, how is that? How is that? I mean, like, do you? Is that part of your family? Like, is that inheritance somehow embraced in the family, or do you? It's uh, it's um, how to say this? So you know, basically, I'm I'm as Czech as can be, you know, with, with its many uh, many char- uh, character traits and flaws and whatnot. But at the same time, I try to educate myself about my uh, other culture, which uh, since I was an early age, which obviously left a huge mark on me, especially 
uh, when my father, me and my sister, he would take us to uh, the local mosque and uh, we would attend, um, uh, we would attend uh, Islam lessons. Mm. So we know where we come from, right? Uh-huh. I know how to pray. And so I, I don't know that much about it now, you know, but when I was a kid, I knew the whole thing, you know, some like many surahs and how to pray properly. Mm. I don't do that as much now, but I do Ramadan when it comes around. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, uh, Obviously, I also uh, try to do some research on on the culture and on the lands, you know, mm. North Africa, where where did Islam come there and uh, when did Arabs come there? What was there before, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun, history. Yeah. and But, uh, I mean, it must have been, as a kid, you must have been, like, a little bit different in a way that having this, as you say, I mean, you would go to the mosque. I guess not a lot of kids from your school would go to a mosque, you know? Yeah, you guess that right. And, and, and now, I mean... Did did you feel that yourself on your own skin somehow, or or that that you were different, or, or I wouldn't when I was like a little child, not really, not mm-hmm. really. People would be like, "Oh, that's a cute brown boy," you know. Yeah, that was about it. You know, he's got these big brown eyes. And then um, when I started going to to elementary, and nine uh, eleven happened, I think I was in first or second grade. Things changed suddenly, like overnight, overnight. Uh. You know, it was with these with these little things. I don't know how it happened with these kids. You know, you mm. know, one day we we're all you know classmates and and friends. You know, obviously you don't you don't hold a grudge. You know, from from when you were six, seven years old. But mm. you ask yourself how how it could have happened that you know overnight uh, these kids would call you you know Bin Laden and and, and terrorist and. And and those are actual names I've been called, you know, back in back in school. And they those were little kids. They they didn't mm. know what they were talking about. But obviously their parents told them. How else would they know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of shitty, you know, when uh your 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 six year old kid has a classmate and then uh and then you say uh the word bin Laden and and terrorist in association with that. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's very cool. But how uh, and and what what about the teachers and and you know those who were around you know like did they uh no i would never feel it from them mm. never ever mm. they would treat me as as any as any other kid but but uh when it came to resolving problems based on these uh you, you could say prejudices mm-hmm. there there wasn't very much done cuz you know how it is with uh with with schooling and bullying ah just let the kids you know resolve it themselves mm. And what about your parents? Did they feel difference after this as well, or was this just something that you felt as a kid? Or, or yeah, yeah, there were there there was an incident in my school where where uh, I don't even remember what happened back then. But I know my parents got really pissed and they stormed into the school. And my mom would come up to the kids that you know uh, that bullied me and say, "Hey, mm. you do that again, we're gonna come here, we're gonna cut you up." Sammy. <laughs> so so yeah so after that my teachers would look at me different right like oh my god he's with the crazy parents you know are they all like this uh-huh but uh but what kind of bullying was this mainly words i mean it didn't get into violence or something like that yeah it'll be mainly words to be honest it'll get it'll get worse when i would be like an older teenager you know like 13 mm. 14 because this followed you until then. I mean, you you still felt it. Sort then, of, right? sort of. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily you know those those uh, terrorist remarks, but I would get regularly followed by other kids, and I shit you not, because 
because uh, some of these, I'm, I'll tell you about the school a bit later, mm. but some of these kids were, even for their age, fairly uneducated in terms of um, of religion. And then they would come up to me and they would say, hey, guess what, Omar? And I'm like, what? And they would be like, Buddha is a cunt. I'm like, I'm not even <laughs> I don't Buddhist. Care. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> thanks, I guess, you know, what the hell? Thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing. So, so, so they would try to, you know, <laughs> They would try to agitate me. Yeah, yeah it never worked. No. I'm a phlegmatic. No. They didn't know. They didn't know even what guy to mention, what do to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Exactly. But, you know, they would, sometimes the older, they would try to intimidate me. They wouldn't beat me up necessarily because I've never uh, got myself into that position. I was never, mm. as a kid, very, uh, very aggressive. Uh Unlike now, but <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, one day uh, it was actually my final year in that school, and uh, this girl from my class came up to me. It's like Omar, Omar, you know they did something. Like what the fuck? Who 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 did what? And they're like these guys, they they opened your locker, and they pissed all over your stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know, so this kind of stuff. Yeah. It, uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm curious about this because you know I'm, I've, I've lived here for over ten years and I'm, I'm from Iceland and, um, I, I, ex I experience some sort of a xenophobia in a way often and uh, sometimes it can only be about people being shy of speaking English and uncomfortable or something like this and they want to avoid that situation. But I also, when I hand over my passport at the airport. It's always inspected somehow. I really mind too, man. Yeah, I can imagine that. Passport that buddies. Name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm curious about this because, uh, but how is it now as an adult? I mean, how, how, how do you experience this? I don't, I don't really fear, feel. Uh, sorry, I don't really feel uh, being that different or people looking at me. I mean, if you walk on the streets of Prague and you look around, there is mm. way more many people of color or you know different backgrounds than it was ten years ago, mm. and way more, way more. Back in the day, I'm like slightly brown, but I was the blackest kid around. Tell you that, mm. right? But so, they, ne they never, they never thought you were Roma. Uh, sometimes they would, yeah. they would, they would make comments. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a tick on, you know, I'm, uh -huh. I'm half Arab. What's up? <laughs> but I, I, because I, I, uh, when I started talking to you, I mean, uh, um, I don't remember a lot of the conversation because it was very much alcohol involved, but I always thought you were from the States. I was somehow sure that you were from Florida or somewhere, you know, South US <laughs> because of your accent. How come you speak such great English? I've been speaking English since I was a kid, so uh, my parents would put me into Arabic uh, language class. Uh, I, I don't know how, but I would sneak off and go to English classes instead. Uh huh. And that's how it started. And so I you speak English and no Arabic? I don't speak Arabic. That's the thing. I don't remember uh -huh. that language. I don't really use it that so much. So they failed miserably. Yeah, they, they failed miserably as parents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom, pa. Yeah. Uh, But you know, as a as a as a kid that really didn't uh, belong anywhere, you know, to you know how it is to 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 white for the brown kids, to brown for the white kids. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, with the age of internet, found solace online with with uh, you could say the popular Western culture, while all the other cultures mix. You know, mm. so that kind of saved me, and uh, uh, that's how I became. Uh, that's how I. That's how I started uh, being more. Uh, 
active and proficient in English. Mm. And you told me once that that when we were talking before this, you said that you 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 consider yourself a cultural Muslim in a way. What 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 kind of how how is that? Cultural Muslim is uh, is uh, acknowledging your uh, your descent to a degree and sticking to to uh, certain traditions while not being per se a strict Muslim. You know, mm. regarding I don't know. Uh, uh, not drinking, not or, drinking. Uh, you know, having sex before marriage yeah. and all that, and 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 some other stuff, right? So you're not trying to convince me that you're a virgin. Uh, no. Mm. <laughs> um, and there is there's German in your family as well, right? There's uh, we have the f- uh, we have uh, some relatives with a family name Bra- uh, Brown, spelled B R A U N, yeah. as in German Brown. Yeah. And my great grandmother, she's from uh, she's from Osek, uh-huh. uh, by Dutsov, which is in the Sudeten uh, Sudeten uh, part of Czech Republic, which was actual Germany mm. during World War Two. Mm. Uh, so that wasn't even uh, the protectorate of Czechia and Bremen, Unmaden, mm. uh, uh, sorry, uh, but it was uh, straight up Germany. Mm. So, and uh, my grandmother was married to a German guy. So German somehow, somehow runs in our family. My mom speaks German. My mm-hmm. grandma, great-grandma, my aunt speaks German. I speak a bit of German. Even my dad speaks German. Uh-huh. Lived there for a bit. Uh, that's interesting. It's kind of the northwest of, of the Czech Republic, right? To the yeah. border with, with Germany. Exactly. Right at the border. The, the, the city is an hour away from, from the border, basically. Mm. Yeah. Um. Teenage years and and that like so you, it everything changed. You said on nine eleventh and then, how how was it then the teenage years and kind of young, God, adult. I was, I was afraid you were gonna ask. Yeah. God, I was a, I was such a awkward like imagine like I know everybody's awkward during their teenage years, but I was especially awkward. How? Well, I was just very. Uh, I don't know. You know how you have your your uh, your your hierarchy and 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 uh, and high school and whatnot. I was I was uh, at the loser table, you could say. I spoke with some of the cool kids, but mm. I was just weird as fuck. You know, I was this brown obese kid who would ne- who would be like too shy to talk to a girl he liked. Mm. Like uh, I, I was into. I'm still, you know, but now nowadays it's considered cool to to a degree. I, I just liked anime and medieval stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. reading books and comic books. You know, was never the... The, the, the cool you, kid. The cool kid, the sporty guy. I thought I was a cool kid, but I wasn't. <laughs> but how was it accepted then that you were different there, you know, like, or... Or, or they just put you on the loose table and let you be? <laughs> it, just, it just let me be. When I got into high school, it got better, you know, because... Uh, because there was like a lot of different kids and mm. you know a lot of different things were 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 accepted but whenever i think back about my my teenage years i'm just like oh god like, I, I wouldn't i would never want to go back to that again you know uh-huh but i have I, I think i have the same actually there are there are parts of my teenage years that i would really love to somehow edit out of out of my my, my story you yeah know? everybody everybody's got that yeah and uh, and you studied something or how 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 did that go? I said st- I'm not I'm not a big 
academic type, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> I live for life, man. I've had uh, school in the streets. Uh, <laughs> not really. I was attending the, I, I don't have a higher education. I was attending the, the uh, uh, what's it called in English? God, hold on, hold on a sec. It's the International Relations and Diplomacy High School, uh-huh. which I did not finish. I dropped out because... Uh, uh, once I turned 18, I got some actual friends, and, you know, that was fun, and we started partying. I never partied before. You know, all these other kids had it. You know, they've experienced this before when in their 16s, and I was 18, 19, and started doing that a lot. So I got kicked out of school, and my mom would start stop paying for my tuition, and then sort of a breakthrough uh, or a breaking point in my life came, and that would be, she'd be like, okay, you want to be a big man? I was like, I'm, 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 I'm an adult, you know, I'm an adult, I can do what I want. You know, she's like, oh, you want to be a big man? All right, go take care of yourself. You know, pack your things, get the fuck out. Really? Yeah, that's what happened. I was 18. That's quite strict. I mean, that, 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 I mean, of course, you're 18. I mean, you're not a kid anymore, but still. Yeah, well, we were kind of struggling because that was the peak of the economic crisis. We didn't have much money. And mm-hmm. um, It's 2009, 8, 9. Yeah, yeah. No. And my mom, she would have to work uh, uh, as a, as a, as a waitress waitress in this it is non-stop herna kind of bar uh-huh you probably can get the idea you know yeah it's really the worst kind of place yeah to, to be able to put food on a table you know and and she would actually pay a tuition it's not that common in czech republic to go to a private school she signed me up for a private school so i would have a good future you know and i was a grateful little bitch so she was like all right mm-hmm. big man go be a big man take care of yourself so there it was i was 18 i had my backpack with some of my clothes and you know, I was, uh, I was like, hey, man, it's like, I've heard you have a free room. Can I stay here for a bit? And I would stay my first, my first, uh, you know, uh, uh, almost apartment was this, was this room, mm-hmm. was this flat back in Malaysia so that my friend's parents had as a kind of like a backup space. They weren't even renting it out. They would like, all right, here's this space, like do whatever you want with it, you know, mm-hmm. when you stay in Prague. The place was a fucking wreck. It was like mold, like several centimeters of mold, you know, everywhere. Mm. It was these three rooms. There was no gas, no electricity. So I, I stayed there for maybe two months. Uh-huh. Cleaned the place up. You know, I would, I would have to, I would have to be very careful on how, how I store my food or what I buy because nothing could really last. Uh, uh, I didn't have a, a light source. I would have to use candles. I was, I was crazy. And uh, and what I did to to uh, be able to eat some food, I would sell I would sell burchak, mm. in, in this burchak stand in front of the mall. That, that's the wine. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, uh, that's fermented wine. Mm. It's like very sweet, very sugary. Before it becomes white wine or or, or something like, isn't it like an early stage brewing of or? or no, it's a different kind of fermentation. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a different kind of fermentation where where I only tried it once actually. Where I it know. becomes very sugary and it's like fizzy. Yeah, and you know you can, you can shit yourself after you drink too much because because uh-huh. all the microbes inside. And so you were selling this outside a shopping mall. Yeah, I was selling this outside a shopping mall. This guy uh, through a friend. This guy was like, "Okay, so we have the stand and we're looking for a uh, for for a clerk there. Are you interested?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, you know money." And he would, I would work 10 hours a day and I get paid 500 crowns a day. And he'd be like, if you sell a lot, I'll throw in something extra. I sold a lot and never threw anything in there. You know, I was like, fucking dick. 500 crowns is like 20 euros. Yeah. Right? 500 crowns is 20 euros. Uh, a day. And that, yeah. And that's not even that long ago. That's like, what? Uh, 
That's 10 years. 10 years? Yeah, that's oh. 10 years. Oh. Motherfucker paid me <laughs> 20 euros a day. <laughs> Fuck that guy. But how long did you, I guess you did stay on that job for ages, right? Not really. I kind of got straight, talked it out with my mom, went back home for a couple months, mm. uh, and then and then uh, find some... Uh, some 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 other apartment. I started uh, living with my friend, whose <laughs> whose parents also ha- kind of had some kind of a free space. And with that guy, Mikulash, who's uh, DJ Kevu, mm. shout out to DJ Kevu. He will let me stay in his in his in his parents' house in his room, and we stayed there with this other girl who also had to move uh, from her parents. So we were like a trio, uh, like an orphanage, kind of. She, she <laughs> kind of like an orphanage, and I was. 18, 90 at the time, and I got a, and I got a, an actual job. I got a job as a telephone salesman. Mm. That was probably one of the worst things I ever did because yeah. at that time when I was doing it, this this kind of selling was was not really on its peak. It was on a on a downfall. You know, you were trying mm. to sell somebody. Hey, we have this like phone package. I mm. know it's overpriced, but would you like to take it? And they would target like old people. You know, yeah, easy, low hanging fruit. Yeah, and, and you like, manipulate them. Yeah, and and they would have to, and it's not like today, you know, where you can sign a contract online or fill up some kind of form. They would have to send an actual mailman yeah. to deliver it, and they would have to sign a contract upon delivery with a new SIM card. You know, and I was there for about two months. I got paid for one month, and the second month, the company was like, "All right, we're bankrupt, guys. So sorry, no, um, no money, no wages. Yeah, no mm-hmm. wages." And there was this chick, she was uh, one of the co-owners. She was uh, building a, a house, you know, outside of Prague. She had, like, a Louis Vuitton bag. It's like, yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. No money. It's like, we can't really pay you per se, you know. And, and they even brought cops so people wouldn't, you know, attack them or anything. Jesus. So, so that, was my, that was my second uh, adult job. But how, and like, when, you, when you're, like, sleeping in the mold and, and uh, working those kind of jobs... There was never like you never thought, okay, I'll just move back home to mom. I'll, I'll clean up my state, then I'll go back to school. You didn't really want to go to school. There was nothing at, pulling you, right? At this point, not really. No, no, no not 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 really. Well, well, for for a while, but I just I was a kid and I didn't know what I wanted. Mm. The the only thing I, I I I knew at the time is I just want to be able to you know live like a like a person and take care of myself and that. And actually, to this day, I think. Kicking me out of the house was the best th- best thing my mom could ever do to me, cause, cause if that didn't happen, I'd still be this like, um, like un- un- unreliable person that would just like rely on others for mm. for help Support, all the time. Yeah. Uh. You know, this kind of leech. Yeah, I know you're supposed to take care of your kids, but you know, mm. this was a lesson, a good one. Mm. And what about your dad? I mean, what, what, and and your mom as well? Were they good role models for you? Uh. This is a trick question. Mm. I love my parents, love my dad, love mm. my mom, obviously. Mm. But you know, they're also people, and uh, they have their issues. Mm. Uh, my mom did everything she could, you know, to take care of us, me and my sister. But she was also very young when she had us, so, mm-hmm. so, so, uh, and and try to have a social life, la la la. So she wasn't your typical mom, you know. Mm. She would let us smoke weed, you know, when we were teenagers and all that. Yeah, I don't think that much of it. I don't still. I still don't think too much of it to this day. She tried to always do her best, mm. but as she was a single mother, there, 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 
she wasn't there, you know, all the time. Mm. And at the time, by the time she was there, we were already teenagers. They want to listen to her. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I didn't have a very typical childhood, maybe the early one. And my dad, you know, he, he cheated on my mom when I was uh, six and they got into divorce, blah, blah, blah. And then he, mm. and then he really got into like Islam. He was like, all right, I'm going to repent myself, you know, going to become very religious and like a good person. And that's what happened. And he would take us on weekends, but, it was this kind of deal where the dad would come one time, uh, you know, once in a week on a weekend, take you, take out the kids for a couple hours, you know, entertain them, be the good guy, yeah, you know, in the... Yeah. And then you're left back with a mom that doesn't have a lot of money and... and uh, yeah, yeah, sort back of. Back to reality. Yeah, sort of, sort of, sort of. Mm. That, that, that was the thing. So he was like, the we loved him as a kid. He was the entertainer. Mm. And my mom, she had to deal with the real stuff. He was never... Yeah really involved in what mattered mm. but you can't really hold it up against him as well because you know where he comes from he's from uh he's, he's got 10 siblings mm -hmm. you know his dad uh my grandfather who doesn't live anymore i met him when i was a, just like a baby so mm. i don't really remember him but he married my grandmother when he was 40 and she was 16. that's yeah. crazy stuff she was 16, he was 40, and she was his second wife uh -huh. already. Mm -hmm. so, so it's just a di very different cultural background. And, and uh, Yeah, it wasn't that much different in here as well, you mm -hmm. know, but that was uh, th there would be like 30-year difference. My great-great-mom, sorry, great-great-grandmother also had like, what, five siblings, seven mm -hmm. siblings. You mm -hmm. know? Most of them died during a very young age. Mm -hmm. they, died, they died of scurvy. I, yeah. I have... So, so, so in, 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 uh, in Osek, there's this graveyard, right? Mm. And our family has a very prominent spot of the graveyard, right when you come in, right by the entrance, right in front of the entrance, there's a big fucking tomb with, you know, our family members in there. Uh -huh. And I shit you not, I have five, this, and this sounds like from a, from a fucking fantasy novel, you know, about parents and whatnot. And I have several on like great aunts and great uncles that died of that died of scurvy yeah. like bad nutrition malnutrition scurvy yeah. can you imagine that yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh the the, the um, cooking that's kind of the thing but were you into that because you you kind of at least got into it what was that always uh, you know food and cooking yeah food played a huge role in our uh, in our life because since uh our great-grandmother took care of us when we were kids and she was from a very uh poor background you know war and and rural rural mm. kind of um kind of kind of place there wasn't that much food on the table so she would she would compliment it in her in her old age, always trying to put food in front of us. You know, mm. food, food, food. Mm. It was all about food. You know, mm. that was that was the that was the that was and the you center were of you life. Were, you were chubby already, right? Was that you were chubby already back then? Yeah, because you said yeah, that was, when you were a teenager, you were obese. Yeah, I was a fat kid. Yeah. Yeah. So she would always cook this, these very uh, typical Czech dishes to us, like griske and, and potatoes, like schnitzel's potato salad, mm. and then and, and and all these like heavy cream sauces and and dumplings and pork cutlets. That and, sounds great. And yeah, it was Love great. It. it was great. And 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 every Sunday, you know, we could I, I could have a glass of beer, like a small glass of beer when I was a kid with a 
with a lunch. It sounds, it sounds great. I mean, you could smoke weed and drink beer and eat pork schnitzel, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, but that left you a very... I wasn't very sport active, you know, as a kid. No. That left that left me a very, very fat kid, you know? Yeah. But at least you got beer and weed. I mean, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're the winner. Well, well. Uh, in defense of my mother, I, I didn't really start smoking weed until I was 17, you know, which yeah. doesn't sound that great here, but... But but I know kids have been doing it since I'm like 14. Yeah. You know. But yeah, so your granny is cooking. Yeah, my granny was cooking mm. all the time. Every time I would watch her do it. And my mom wasn't always at home. We were uh, home alone with my sister a lot. Mm. A lot so, so we would try to cook for ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and me moving at a fairly... I was saying a very young age, but fairly early age, out of the house, I would have to tend for myself, therefore cook. Mm. And and uh, what what was a necessity at first became um, became a hobby. Mm. So I would I would I would try different recipes, you know, try to make my food delicious since I since I like it, mm. and I didn't have that much money, so I would have to cook for myself and not eat takeout. Mm. And at one point, me and my pal Mikolaj, uh DJ Kev, shout out again. <laughs> we would go to Berlin for a trip. Mm. And he's like, man, I got to show you this ramen restaurant. Because he started getting into Japanese culture as well. Mm. Right? And I was like, I got to show you this ramen restaurant. It's like, it's really good. And I'm like, all right. I've never tried it before. So, like, let's do it. Mm. So, we went. And he's like, oh, it's not this one. It's the other one. We went to the other one. And we sat down. We ordered our food. And I was in heaven. I shit you not. Mm. That... That moment changed my life. How how old are you then, roughly? I was 23, 23, 23-ish. And then you just know there is something in this. Yeah, there was something in this that that was very charming to me because we went there and it was very... it was it was very faithful to the to the Japanese restaurant style where you have a couple booths, but then you have like the, the bar kind of area. Mm. Where you have the chefs in front of you, mm. you know, boiling the noodles and completing the soups, and they're you know they're 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 yelling at each other, uh, trying to get the orders out. There's steam, you know, going mm. up and 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 dim lights. You know, we can talk. To the, you're like you're like Osan oh, gyoza onegaishimasu, you know, and he goes like, "Hi, is, is this Japanese?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I was in heaven and then i then, then the food came and we tried mm. it and it was so good mm-hmm. so good i've never eaten anything like this before so i was like this is great i love it mm. i love it so when i came back home there was no place it's not like today you know even five years ago you couldn't get none of it here no you got restaurants now here but not not then yeah. so i so i would try to make it at home mm. And sometimes it succeeded, sometimes not, but that that's how it became a passion to me. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I would have friends over to try my food and I'd be like, oh, man, it's really, like, really good. And even if it wasn't, you know, it's like we've never seen this before. You know, it's, that's really interesting. And that's how the MasterChef became a thing. Because this one girl I know, mm. I get a call from her and she works at sets, you know, like uh, movies and series and productions and whatnot. She's like, hey, man, you still cooking? And I'm like, yep. And she goes like, Hey, you want to try MasterChef? I'm like, you mean the reality show? And she goes like, yeah. I'm like, mm. sure. Why the fuck not? Mm. Fast forward, you know, I'm in the show. Mm. So, so I go to the audition, right? And they're like, prepare a dish of your liking that you can serve 
you know, right there in front of people and, 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 and then we'll do an interview. So I made poke, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the bowl. The, yeah. Yeah. The pickled tuna fish over a sushi rice. And, mm-hmm. and they would ask me about it. It's like, Oh, why did you do this? And I'm like, cause I found about it. And that was before it, it, the poke craze would start here. Actually. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be hipsterish being like, Oh, I, I did it before everybody else did, mm-hmm. but I actually did. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, this is like, and, and why did you do that? And blah, 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 blah. So I v- vaguely answered that question. I was nervous as fuck mm. in front of the chefs. And then they would send me to the audition. And then you had the, the you know, the, the production. And I'd be like, so Omar, tell us about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you look like an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could already tell they 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 uh, liked me because I was this, like, young brown guy, mm. you know, with a funky shirt. And, and I made this... this uh, by that time, a not very popular dish, and and you could already you could already see that I was trying to make me a character. One of these ladies like, "Can you rap for us?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> why would I do that?" You know. But uh, so so basically, it's totally random. I mean, you 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 had cooked probably for this friend, right? That that, uh-huh. that was calling out for the auditions. But had you you'd never cooked in a restaurant or or, or 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 in a catering firm or any I mean you hadn't really been working on this, right? Yeah, exactly. And and how was it then to to um to, to get in there like and to all of a sudden have to because one thing is to cook in your own environment, in your own kitchen uh-huh. with your own ingredients and do the things that you've done. But to be under this pressure of having to okay, you have to pass uh a test here so that we decide if you're on the show or not. Yeah, that was like the first round was okay, you know, and then when you when I the audition was okay. Then when mm. I got to the first round in TV, that was okay because they would let me prepare what the hell I wanted, right? So mm. I did this thing I I kind of knew, and they were like, "We're not too sure about this," you know. The judges like, "We've never seen this before, and it doesn't really taste much like anything, but mm. it's different." So they're like, "Yeah, we'll try it with you." I was like, "Ah, yeah, all right." And then somehow I passed the first round. Uh, I'm sorry, the next round, which was about chopping, you know, they would give you... So what happened? So they would take these uh, 60 contestants mm. that they admitted to the show, mm. right? From which they would have to pick 16 to be like the main stars, right? And they would do that based on uh, these different like skill tests. You know, they would let you chop. They would prepare. They would let you prepare this. They would let you fillet a fish. And the 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 first first round of these uh, would be chopping. You know, so I'm like, yeah, I can chop. You know, I chop. And they were like, all right, man, you can chop. You're in. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait. So how do you know how to chop? How to chop? I don't know. I was like. I've chopped some. I I, I prepared. I practiced. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you didn't go to chef school or anything like this. Yeah, but you know, I guess I, I'm not saying it was perfect, but I, mm. I, I I I really 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 practiced. You know, I watched some videos and I mm-hmm. I tried it a lot at home. Mm-hmm. But the point is, that's where the real shit started because suddenly I was thrown into into uh, into this uh, competition on which I had a very low level uh, to be able to compete in, you know, because these mm. people that were there were very good, you know, they knew what we were doing. Mm. I was just a random guy who, you know, a little bit something about a different cuisine, but that was about it. So I had to prove myself there. It was, it was crazy. It was hard. 
But how you're the, you're the first reality TV star that I <laughs> talked to on this on this uh, podcast, and and uh, I'm just uh, I'm a little bit curious because no, I'm lying actually. Tonya Graves was here. She was on the dancing episode, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, you're the second reality TV star that I talked to. <laughs> um, how 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 real is it? Do you know what I mean? Because you were saying now that you know when you when you went through the audition, you kind of just brought yourself and what you wanted to do, and then how does it work? Are you? I mean, is is it real, or you know, is reality real, or is it is it the designed sequence? You know, like did they tell you what you should do and how to behave or cook and so on? So from my point of view, it's it's real, mm. it's real, but. You can't be really too sure because you know, being a t- contestant, you don't really know what's going on in the background with a mm. with a with a script team and a production team. But as far as I can tell, mm. it, it's real. You come there, you know, they tell you, "All right, this is your assignment for today. You got one hour. Go," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that and, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about the character that? Because I I read somewhere that you you and one of the judges had some sort of a chemistry or or you know like not necessarily a positive one but more like a, was that is that real or is that exaggerated somehow oh yeah they would ask me uh if me and and Psemek Foreit if we would have some if if we had some bad blood between yeah, us yeah 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 because they could feel some kind of tension on the air while in reality he was just giving me sort of hard time because because he was in the in the character, I would say, you know, you could you could tell, you know, that that he's been told, all right, man, you're gonna be our Garden Ramsey for this show, you know, you're gonna be our Simon Cowell. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, be a hard ass, you know, and he enjo- and and he's a kind of a, you know, performer at heart, so he would enjoy it and he would like really go for it. So mm-hmm. I guess that's how some kind of people got a that that that's how some people got the notion of of us having some sort of conflict, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the case really. Mm-hmm. And and how how is it with the other content? I mean, is the, is it like a let's say a real com- competition, or are people supportive to each other, or or you know, do you feel this competitiveness between the contestants? It was. I felt I felt that we were kind of like a you could say almost a team. Obviously, we were pitted against each other in different challenges, but mm. we would they, like it wasn't like. All right, I'm not. I'm not talking to you because you know, because because mm. because we're gonna compete and 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 all I'm not that. Not gonna tell you how to boil eggs because then yeah, you they might would win. actually they would actually help each other a lot and mm. and it was a it was a really great or it's a really great group of people who are very supportive of each other. And you still communicate to them or or they have a WhatsApp group <laughs> where yeah. they talk, but I'm not I'm not really into WhatsApp groups. So mm. you know, every now and then I open it. and... It's 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 all about oh hey guys how you doing you know I hope you're doing great I love you all and I'm like no Ugh. cooking advice and I'm like yuck <laughs> and uh, but how did you do there I mean how 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 so these are sixteen people uh huh one wins in the end right exactly one what wins what round did you make it to I made it to I made it I made it to as far as being as us contestant as sorry uh. I made it as far as where eight people uh, yeah. were left to compete. Yeah, and and how th- th- the way this this works, right, is that it's all pre-recorded and then it's aired later, right? I mean, they're not kind of doing it. 
recording this week and airing next week. I mean, it, so you 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 couldn't really talk about this before. It yeah, was I'm aired, I'm right? I'm still on a non-disclosure, you know, yeah. but uh, but obviously they don't air it live, you know. There's yeah, some yeah. kind of delay. I just can't tell how how how, how big, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, and how how was it? That you you kind of going into this. I don't know. I don't want to sound arrogant. But you kind of go in as a nobody, but you come out as a somebody. Yeah, sort of, because you get a attention of because because you're the show is really popular here in Czech, like everywhere mm-hmm. around the world. But mm-hmm. you know, here being a small country, th- this show is really popular. So, mm-hmm. so you 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 have your face on the prime time on a national television, like every week mm-hmm. for. For me, it was like six months. So obviously, you gain some popularity. Uh huh. And what and what did that translate into? I mean, like I think somebody told me that that you woke up one morning and you had you know twelve thousand people on your Instagram or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I gained like huge amount of Instagram followers and mm. people would like recognize me in the street. They would try to you know take photos with me and and it was all very fun. But uh, you know that didn't last long because I. I didn't really want to, want to continue in this kind of fashion of like mm. putting myself out there and like becoming this this uh, influencer this influencer persona. Obviously, it has its perks, you know. When I and I post on social media and, but I don't do it as in you know this is going to be my job from now on. I'm actually trying to achieve something as a person, and mm. these things seem very superficial to me. Mm. And. And what what um, um, what did you bring into this? I mean, like, because I have I've never I admit it. I've never seen a show like this um, yet. But did you bring some of your background, like your culture, or do you bring that into your cuisine somehow? And on that show, would 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 you? Not really on the show, but no. you know, when I cook, I do. I actually, did couscous today. <laughs> okay. Like a like a nice Tunisian couscous. And why is that? Before you went on this and you went to that place in Germany, you mentioned Japan. Why is that? Why are you? Why is Japan exciting? I don't. I don't know. I I don't know why, but the 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 history and the culture it just seems very very interesting to me because it's so different than than. Uh, what we have here it's mm. a, it's a very specific thing and it all started with me being a teenager and started watching anime and obviously uh-huh. obviously with that there's a lot of like innuendos that you know you don't get if you don't get the japanese culture at least a little bit mm. and i don't glorify the culture as a lot of westerners do they'd be like oh these japanese people they're so good at everything so disciplined oh i love the samurai they were like knights and katana is the best sword ever mm. no i actually find their 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 history very interesting as in what they were and what they're now because mm-hmm. because uh it's a very long history of all right i'm gonna start like this so i'm gonna ask you a question when i say japan what comes to your mind i mean high-tech industries exactly sushi sushi yeah which mm-hmm. means which means uh money and 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 technology mm-hmm. and and education mm-hmm. it wasn't like that always mm-hmm. you have to imagine that the country was decimated after after world war Two, mm-hmm. and the only thing that 
that uh, was able to put it on its feet again in terms of its uh, industry and economy and whatnot was to be extremely uh, conformist in a way. So they had to create a society that was extremely conformist that, that nobody would sort of like get out of the way in order to build it up again. So it's kind of same thing as the Germans did in a way. You you can sort of sort of, mm. but Germany had the thing where they would have uh, the where they would be divided between. Uh, I mean, only in Berlin, but it, it left a huge cultural mark between mm. the east and east west. East and west, yeah. So they would have a big cultural mix, but over there, over there, and they would still be controlled by the Americans. But over there, it resulted in today's uh, Japanese po- population being in decline. Mm. Due to the fact that you know they're kind of brought up to, you know, study, work, die. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's um. I mean, we're getting there as well, slowly. Yeah. It's awful, mm. and 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 people and people are like, oh yeah, they were like this uh, throughout their whole history because mm. you know samurai, these noble warriors, and they don't really get that. Uh, Japan has this like very rich history of of uh, of uh, uh, what do you call it? Where 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 the state war, uh, civil war, civil war. Mm. Uh, they have a rich history of civil war because mm. several hundred years it was just these like like uh, city states, you know, battling with mm. each other with the civilians in the middle, and it was like really several hundred years because and that resulted in in people dying all over, you know, famines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that really changed somewhere around, uh, I believe, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I believe 18th century, uh, 18th century that mm-hmm. changed only. Mm-hmm. And there was this, like, huge, massive, bloody war to unify the Japan, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they attacked China and everything. I mean, they, these yeah. guys have been doing a lot of... I mean, it's, it's not been a staple region. I mean, that's a recent thing. Yeah, exactly. But the food. And the the ramen and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, like so. That that's where it actually comes from. The food, because most of it, food we see it as delicacies. While for them, it was necessities. Mm. You know, where does sushi come from? Sushi comes from uh, the word narezushi, which means. Mm. Don't don't punch my tape. <laughs> Sorry, man. Mm. From narezushi, uh, mm. which means uh, well, I think pickled fish or something. Mm. So they would preserve their fish as in not to rot mm. in. Uh, in cooked salted uh, rice, mm. which would ferment and preserve uh, the the fish in salt. Mm. So that's how sushi became. But thin. so you you get into this for from kind of your childhood teenage obsession with anime and, and manga and, and yeah. you know like like that. So that's where you come in, and it's interesting because you you have right in front of you a extremely rich food culture. I'm not talking about the 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 Czech schnitzel and and uh, and dumplings. I'm talking about uh, on the other side to towards Tunisia and Algeria. I mean, they have the tagine and they have all these different great clay pots and amazing foods. So you had that door right in front of you, but you went to Japan somehow. Yeah, because that thing, because for me, it just seemed ordinary. You know, it it would mm-hmm. never occur to me that it's you know something very very exotic. Mm-hmm. Since since uh, I had it's just an food. everyday thing for yeah, you, yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. So that thing was was interesting for me. Mm. And how how um, yeah, it was interesting actually when I was reading about that that MasterChef thingy. That um, coming maybe back to a little bit what we were talking about your background and and uh, and let's say xenophobia or racism. That 
they were very they were very excited about I, I, all the stuff that I said. Ah, oh, yeah, there is this guy from Malasitsa, but when you see him, you will realize that he is different. That that was very much like a um, a theme that the tabloids here were talking about you because of your let's say Arabic background and. Is that has that turned into become an advantage now for you? Do you see see what I'm coming from? Is it is it now having this different background and, and being different from the rest? Is it actually now working in your favor somehow? You could say that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I mm, I don't know how to describe, but we're we're in uh, such a period of time where you know where you're where you have a, a kind of like an exotic background, people be like all right, cool. Yeah. You know, and, and, they, and they kind of, perce- but it's cool to a degree, you know, because they're like cool and they see it as like an attraction or, or of some sorts, you know. Mm. It's like a, it's like a, yeah, you know, this guy, he's got a rabbit descent. Pretty cool, huh? I'm friends with them, huh? But it, it gives you in some way, it, it also, I mean, if you look at this, if, you, if you're, because now after this show, this is 2020 edition of MasterChef, right? You're, you're a chef now. I mean, like that's. I don't. I don't really consider myself. No, no. But a chef. I mean, in a way, you, you, you want, you want to, you want to be in gastro, and you, you probably want to make food, right? Sure. Yeah. That much is true. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Okay, so if I take Omar and then I take Jan Cherny, the, the most typical Czech from the same village, who can trace his roots back five generations around the country and it's from seven different hometowns, small hometowns, a little bit away from Prague, like everybody is. So you have probably more freedom to bring something different or diverse, right? Then, or the expectation towards Jan Czerny is probably more that he just makes a great goulash or, or, or uh, I don't know, uh, Svitskova, you know, beefsteak or something. Yeah, yeah I, I see where you're getting, where people will expect, you know, something special or different from you, but mm. they don't realize you're just a guy, mm. you know, who, who happens to, to 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 have this kind of background. But you know Yeah, I know, but it's still it's in, in some way it allows you maybe something that others wouldn't get away with. You know, that it wouldn't be authentic somehow. Yeah, somehow. You, I, I, no, I'm just thinking out of my ass, you know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> came to my mind listening to you, you know? But um um, so, okay, so you finish on that show, and we have COVID. Yep. So you haven't really been able to use your kind of, or continue on this path, let's say, right? Not really. I was uh, I was uh, doing this thing in Barcelona with my friend David, who, who owns the place. Shout out to... Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Barcelona and David. <laughs> uh, where we sold, like very typical Czech lunch foods, you know, through a window and through through these delivery companies, which we uh, which we don't do anymore because mm. uh, the owner didn't find it to be very profitable. You can do this stuff pr- when you don't have that much money. You can do it on your own where you cook, but when you have to hire somebody like myself mm. and, uh, and, and let them do that for you, it's not very profitable. You're not going to make uh, a whole bunch of money, at least in the beginning, you know. Mm. So... We we quit that and uh, now I'm working at uh, the movies. Mm-hmm. I work as a as a assistant director's runner. <laughs> uh huh. What did, what what does an assistant director runner do? It's like 
Emma, can you bring us some coffee? I'm like, yep. Okay. So so I run coffees and, and lunches these days, mm. or or I um, take care of actors, stuff like that. Okay. Is it a big project or or? Uh, I just finished. Uh, I just finished a movie. Uh huh. It's gonna be a German fairy tale, uh, and I'm about to do a German, German. Uh, cr- I think it's crime series, mm-hmm. like detective series. It's gonna start 30 this month. And this is big here in Prague. I mean, there's big. I mean, there's a lot of film and 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 TV series production here and advertisement, right? I mean, it's a yeah. That is true. Due to the Barandov Studios uh, kind of like heritage and mm. Czech Republic having this film fund, meaning if even if uh, a foreign production comes in, mm. you know, and they shoot here, they're gonna give them a certain percentage of their money back. Yeah. Due to the fact that they're shooting here. No. That's kind of advantages to them. Yeah. Yeah, I went to those studios once. It's Barandov. It's it's huge and, and amazing yeah, stuff actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, what what's gonna happen in let's say where do we see Omar Ben Hassan Tlili in five years? You're gonna have your own restaurant. You're gonna be in Japan studying. <laughs> I'm gonna be very blunt uh, and 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 honest uh, regarding this question. Mm. Right now, I don't really know. This has been a very uh, very hard uh, year or two years for me because. Mm. Uh, on one hand, you have this thing where you sort of have to get used to uh, getting on TV, and then people, based on that fact, having uh, certain expectations from you. So, because mm. uh, from so many people, I was like, "Oh man, so you're famous? What are you gonna do about it now? You're gonna make some money off of it?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "I would like to, but it's not like I'm gonna make it my point of living." And it was a very uncomfortable period because. You are very anxious, as in, you know. Oh, so I was on TV. I, I should to, do something. I have to become like yeah. very rich and successful now. And if I don't, people will think I'm this sort of like loser, C, uh, C grade pseudo celebrity, and I don't want to be that. So that, oh, that, that that's pretty much me. But yeah, it's it's okay actually. <laughs> but that that has left me very anxious. Mm. And on another hand, I'm. Uh, People don't really know this, but I don't. I don't think it's a. Uh, it's something to be that ashamed of. I um, was fighting an addiction. I was addicted to uh, to uh, to drugs, mm. right? Which uh, I haven't been doing for half a year now. So mm-hmm. I'm half a year clean. It was, it was very heavy. I would. Uh, I would uh, spend. Even maybe sometimes ten thousand crowns a, a week, you know, mm. on coke. I'm not gonna answer. No comment. I'm not gonna answer that. But and and how did you deal with this? Did you just do it on your own, or did you get some help with it? Or, or? I, uh, my girlfriend helped me a lot. I, yeah. We just we just did a year together, and at one point she was like, "Hey, listen, I know you work as a bartender, and it's like stressing, and it's like a very wild sort of." Um, Mm. atmosphere but i still don't think that it's normal to to go out and drink and do drugs three times a week mm. sometimes more 
mm. you know, every other day. I don't even think it's okay doing, you know, once a week to, mm. just to blow off some steam. Mm. I don't think that's very healthy. I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. Mm. So slowly over time, I was, you know, sort of, because uh, I, I already got kind of like clean. I was never doing drugs like before that period, but I got clean on alcohol. Mm. I wasn't drinking that much, but I didn't see any pluses while doing it. So I haven't been drinking for a year before. Mm. And now I don't really drink or do anything for, for half a year now. Mm -hmm. So I had to get, you know, back on track. It was very hard because you have the, you know, the drawbacks, the yep. dopamine and serotonin uh, mm. drawbacks. And, and, and it's a difficult time now during this uh, COVID thing to to be dealing with this kind of thing because that in itself is depressing enough and, and anx uh, creates anxiety as well, right? Exactly, exactly. So that was the anxiety from, you know, not f f not kind of living up to people's expectations as in, yeah. as in I was on TV and then... You know, I'm trying to quit drugs and drinking. And then, of course, you know, Czech Republic and Prague, especially being the environment it is, mm. you have people, you know, partying all the time. And they're like, oh, what's up, man? Like, you're, you know, you got yourself a lady and then now you're, now you're a family man. You don't go out. She doesn't let you go out. And you're like, fuck no, man. I just, you know, mm. don't really see anything positive about going out, you know, getting shit-faced every other day. Mm. And having, the, having these meaningful talks until like five in the morning just to feel shitty the, the next day, you know, I don't see any point in it. Mm. You know, and people are like looking at you like you're crazy. They're like, really? Do you think I'm doing something wrong with my life? I'm like, yeah, you are. You're wasting your life. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, but I guess with this, it's everyone for their own. You know, everybody has to find their point mm -hmm. where, where they want to make a change, you know? Exactly. And... It was it was these two things and and uh, all of a sudden you know they closed all the bars all the restaurants so mm. you know I was out of job so that wasn't wasn't a very good time but I'm gonna come up now I you know I have the job in the movies I'm clean mm. now mm. I'm spending time with my with my lady we we have a flat together which we're you know mm. uh, renting and you know trying to put together you know making it nice so mm. I'm just trying to. Uh, live my best life as a regular person, and and uh, and I'm very happy now. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great to hear. I mean, I, and I, I, I think like I, I know it's it's totally. Of course, it's different. I never went on a TV show and and became overnight some. And today it's different. But I had, I had an experience like this um, some 15 years ago when I took a very high profile job, and and then. I left that world and it was an interesting, the expectation were, oh, why aren't you being this big guy anymore? Why aren't you, you know, go out and be that, but well, we know you who you are, you know, because I was always identified with some companies or, or, or some sort of a role or, or, or position or something like that. So I can totally relate to that, that there is like a lot of external expectation that kind of comes on you. And if you don't want it for whatever reason, then... Oh, what what's wrong with him? You know what's yeah, wrong exactly. with him? You know, it's a weird, it's a very weird thing. But it and it's 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 good when you can block it out. It's really really good because um, in the end, it's nobody's business but yours. What do you want to do? You know exactly. You're saying that it's very hard to just like let go of that. Mm -hmm. You know, dissociate mm -hmm. of all these expectations. It's not very yeah, easy. Yeah, because that, like in your case also, it's so. It's so tangible. You open your phone and you have, you know, 20,000 Instagram followers and, and they're all waiting for you to 
bring out a dish or, you know, or to, you know, go on the next TV show or show up in a funky shirt or something. And it's, it's crazy because I didn't have that. There was no such thing when I was your age, you know, like <laughs> we, we had, we had fax machines, you know? And, uh, yeah. So I, I, I can totally relate to that, that these, these things can, you know, be more harmful than, than pleasant, but it, it, on the other hand, it also has opened you a door, right? I mean, or or given you an insight into something. That that sure has. It has mm. it has opened, as you say. Even even if I don't really contribute to the to the social media, even uh, the the following I have now, even though it shrank, it's still pretty high. Meaning mm. I can, uh, you know, I can do some kind of business or make some kind of money with it. Mm. Not really sure what exactly, but it will come in handy when you know mm. when but I decide. But you would like to do something in, in, in with food. I mean, I guess yes. that's kind of the yes. calling in a way, right? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Why is food? What, what, what is it about food? I just, I just love it, man. I, I, I like to eat. <laughs> I really, I don't know how to explain it. Most people eat for the, like some people just like don't eat as much. Mm. Uh, some people, people eat a whole bunch of stuff just for the volume because they're fucking... You know, insatiable. Uh, yeah, you're talking you to know, one yeah. <laughs> human beings, but yeah. I just, I just like to eat. I like flavors. I like, I like textures. You know, mm -hmm. I, I like trying different things that I've never ate before. You know, mm. I just, just really like it. it. Excites me like big time. And what about? And I can verify, guys, who are listening, that he's, he's turned on here on, on the other side, you know, the guy is turned on for, by talking about food. <laughs> but what about other, pleasing other people with food? Is that, like, is that rewarding? That is very rewarding. Mm. There, is, there, is, there is nothing better where, than, than whipping out a, a, a dish that you poured your heart and soul into, and then the other person is like, oh my god, this is so good, and you're like, oh yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah. It's an instant kind of reward in a way like or you get the feedback right away it's it's um exactly so and and especially with trying like different kind of dishes and flavor profiles that's and that's what i like about the mm. japanese slash slash asian cuisines because you know they have very different you know flavor profiles and textures than we do mm. at least north africa is like it's it's mm, it's comparable to Mediterranean dishes to a degree, mm. you know, mm. but that thing, it's out of the world. Mm. Yeah, I, I was in Japan two or three years ago for two weeks, and yeah, the, I, I could go there on a food trip just to eat. Exactly. They're amazing. So so that, that that's what ex excites me about mm. it. Mm. And that's, you know, that, that brings you back to the history where, you know, European cuisine, most of the, uh, most of the dishes are based on classical French, which is a very... Uh, kind of like high profile has been uh, perfected over hundreds of years in royal courts, mm. you know, kind of cuisine with its rules and whatnot. And then on the on the other hand, you have this like Japanese slash Korean slash Vietnamese, which is basically, oh yeah, we eat these roots that are slightly poisonous because back in the day we didn't have nothing else to eat, but mm. now it's really popular for some reason. Yeah, right. It's the same as we have in, in Iceland with uh, the fermented shark, for example. That's something that nobody would eat, but it was eaten. And it had became like a delicatess yeah. in a way. But it 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 was it was out of necessity. It was just, okay, that's the only way to preserve that shit, you know? Because we didn't have any freezers or coolers or anything. 
Yep. So that's what I'm talking about. Mm. And they would try to make that one an ingredient into several different, you know, dishes, and that's where you get the uh, the textures. Mm. And that's and and uh, what I like about Asian cuisine is uh, the chewy texture, because mm. in uh, in European cuisine you don't really people like crunch, you know, the, mm. the crunch. But what about the chewy? What about the senior? I like to chew and stuff. I like I like it how it, you know, okay. Mm. I just like chewy, man. I just you ever tried the boki? Yeah, I think so. You know the little Korean rice cakes in the super yeah, hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah. When, whenever I would like offer it to somebody, you know, like check, they'll be like, "I don't like this, man. This it's is chewy. chewy." I'm like, "What the fuck? That's the best thing about it, right?" Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But um, okay, so in some way, Omar, you're you're the accidental chef in a way. Yeah, accidental chef. I would, I do really like that title. Mm. Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we might stick that on. Um, I think we're done. All right, thank you, thank you for letting me on your show. Yeah, but pleasure, you're not man. off yet. I need to know. I want. I want people to. If people want to know more about you, where where do they go? If you guys want to know about what I'm doing, go to my Instagram, which is Branik Papi. Branik underscore Papi. You know the beer, Branik. Yeah. yeah. So Branik underscore puppy. For those of you that don't get innuendo, uh, Drake's uh, Drake's Twitter is Champagne Puppy. So I'm kind of like a low cost version. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and any anything else? Any Facebook page or anything like that? Or you? Just I have Instagram? a Facebook page, but I don't really have anything on it yet. Okay. Uh, so. uh, I might do a couple of YouTube videos soon, so you guys okay. stay. Uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, and you're working on. You told me that you were considering some project about tuna in a can. Yeah, this company uh, or, or this uh, advertisement company told me, "Hey, man, like we wanna, we wanna, uh, we wanna do uh, like an advert uh, campaign for for these people. Like, would be would you be interested?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" So mm-hmm. I'm actually going tomorrow to shoot it, and uh, okay. if it becomes a thing, it'll be very very fun. Okay, that sounds good. Very fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, guys, um, um, you can follow the show on, we have a Facebook page called The Bunker, How the Hell Did We End Up Here? And on Instagram, it's The Bunker Prague. And my personal Instagram is Midlife Crisis Warrior. And uh, my Twitter account is Midlife Crisis Warrior. Uh, share the show, review it, uh, talk nicely about it at birthday parties. And. Uh, <laughs> And also, uh, if you have any cool people that are living in the Czech Republic, preferably in Prague, um, reach out to me and let me know. Um, I'm very happy about some of the feedback that I've been getting on on some of the episodes. I know that there was a... I got a a phone call, actually, from a a far-related friend that uh, thanked me for the highly sensitive episode that has been earlier in my catalog realized that his son is like this and now they're gonna treat him a little bit differently than they have done so far so i'm happy to hear that that the the, the bunker is helping people uh thanks to the sponsors alfred.cz and the old bar prague omar it's been great having you here hey thank you for letting me come I, on the show i didn't know shit about you before you came <laughs> and uh yeah I, there, there's a lot of stuff that was cool <laughs> thank you, thank you. I hope I wasn't too boring for your show. No, no, no. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm the, I'm, I, I have that role on this show. I'm the, right? boor, I'm the boring part. Yeah, I'm just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.